Our text this evening is Revelation 22, or rather Revelation 21, uh, page 1041 in your pew Bible, if you have that uh, with you this evening. If you don't, you can grab it there. Revelation 21, verse 22 through 22, verse 5. Revelation 21, 22, And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city had no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it, and its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever enter into it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the lamp, Lamb, and through the middle of the city, of the, of the streets of the city. And also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. And they will see his face, and his name will be on their forehead. And the night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. The word of the Lord. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas to everyone. Merry Christmas, kids. Merry Christmas. How you doing out there? Uh, I think I ask this every year, and I, I should come up with some new material to connect with the kids, but I... I didn't. So those of you um, who open presents on Christmas Eve, give a shout out. How many of you do that? You're not a kid, Silvana. <laughs> anyway, how many of you open Christmas presents, uh, presents on Christmas morning? So it's predominantly a Christmas morning sort of, uh, that's all right, you know, either or both are good. Both are good. Well, for those of you that open uh, presents this evening, I'm going to try to get through uh, my sermon here so you can get home to your presence. No one comes on Christmas Eve to hear a long sermon, and that's uh, sort of like going to a wedding. You don't go to the wedding to hear the preacher do the sermon. Maybe it's like that on Christmas Eve. But this is the culmination of our two-year-long sermon series, All Things New, the story of the Bible, and the healing of the world. And if you are a regular Calvary attender over the past couple of years, you know that. If you're visiting, uh, you come in at the very end of the story, but we're glad to have you this evening all the same. Christmas, of course, is one of the highest and holiest days of the year, and so with Christmas and the end of our sermon series, it's good to say a few words and linger a bit in God's Word. Last Sunday's passage was from, was from Revelation 21. Tonight's passage is from Revelation 21 and 22, and both sermons, Pastor Johnny's sermon from Sunday and then the sermon this evening, contain the title lines of our sermon series. So the phrase, all things new, comes from Revelation 21.5, and the phrase, the healing of the nations, or the world, comes from Revelation 22.2. So two years ago, when I was thinking up the sermon series title, I intentionally based the sermon series off of these two verses here at the end of the story, so that we would know the whole time where the sermon was going. It was going to this place. God's intent all along from the very beginning of Genesis, the book of Genesis, way back in Genesis 1 and 2, was to get to this place, this glorious place 
Way back in Genesis 3, the world took a detour, took a turn, right? And the world became fallen and sinful. But the whole story of the Bible is getting to this place of God's redemption. So that's where we're ending this evening is the story of God's redemption of the world. Christ's advent at Christmas celebrates the first significant coming of Christ at Christmas time. And then the second advent at the end of the age is the culmination of all of God's redemptive work. Everything that we're hoping for, all of our hopes and dreams, as Pastor Johnny talked about on Sunday. So let's reflect just a few minutes this evening on Christmas, the glorious end of the Bible's story, and then what that story means for your life and mine. I want to highlight two pairs of themes, or two themes rather, uh, this evening from this text, the theme of light and the theme of life. So first, this theme of light that we see in this passage. The light of God reveals to us our path. Our passage contains John's vision of the consummation of human history, the world as it will be one day after God has completed his work. Just prior to our passage, if you've read through it, you know that John describes the glory of the holy city, the center of Jesus' reign upon this renewed earth. And then in 21-22, John notes the unique presence of God within the city. In this holy city, there will be no temple. God has come out, as it were, of his inner chamber. He has stepped out from behind the veil. Sometimes we can think of the temple as the place where we go to encounter God, and that's true as far as it goes, but the true meaning of the temple is that God is veiled. He is hidden from common eye. He is hiding his glory from us. The wonder of John's vision here at the end of the age is not that we are at last freely allowed access to God behind the veil, but that God steps out himself from behind his veil. He is no longer veiled. He himself becomes the temple. He is the whole world. And this unveiling of God out from behind the veil falls upon the world as a glorious light. So much so that John says there's no longer any need of the sun or of the moon. Jesus, the Son of God, the Word of God, the light of God is the lamp out of which the light of God shines openly into the world. And then in verse 24, we read that is in the light of God that the nations will walk. In other words, no more darkness, no more confusion, no more uncertainty or doubt about which direction to go. But that's often not our experience now. In Ephesians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul speaks of the present age in which we live as an age of darkness. And the prophet Isaiah, we read it already this evening, says that we are like people walking in darkness and in gloom. And perhaps tonight, this Christmas season, that describes a bit of your experience. You feel like you are walking in darkness. You know that there is a path out there somewhere, but you can't see it. You have a vague sense of the way that you should walk, but you can't find your way forward in the darkness. Your life is shrouded in darkness and full of shadows. Perhaps you've tried to light your path with all the lamps that the world offers. You've tried to find meaning 
in light, in money, or in family, or work, or achievement, perhaps the things of nature, or in pleasure, or in friendship. But however many lamps you've lit, all remains dark and confused. Which reminds me of a story told by Seneca, my favorite first century pagan philosopher, because no doubt you're all, nothing says Merry Christmas more than a first century pagan philosopher. So in one of his letters, letter 57, kids, in case you were wondering which one that is, Seneca describes a time when he was traveling to Naples. And he was afraid of sailing. He was afraid of sailing like we're afraid of flying. So he decided he was going to walk. And as he journeyed to Naples, he went through the passage of Naples, which was a long, dark tunnel. And he says the tunnel was so dark that his torches enabled him not to see amid the darkness, but to see the darkness. And I love that expression, such a nice turn of the phrase. His torches enabled him not to see amid the darkness, it was so dark, but just to see the darkness. And I think that that is a great metaphor for how we stumble our way through life sometimes. Do you ever feel like that? That the torches of this world that you light don't actually let you see your way through the darkness. All they let you see is the darkness itself. And that's the great tragedy of sin. The world is full of such meaning and beauty and hope and life and goodness, but we can't see it. We can't see it. Sin has blinded us to the beauty and the life of God that pulses through the world that he has made. And the tragic irony, I think this is truly a tragic irony, is that when we use the good things of the world that God has made as lamps to light our way through the world, the only thing that we end up doing is burning up the very world that we are trying to see our way through. There's no joy or hope in that. The burning of the world as a lamp to light our way through the world only ends up burning the very things that we care about. The meaning and glory and goodness of the world can only be seen in the light of God and his love. Jesus himself is the light of God that enlightens the eyes of the soul so that we can see the goodness and glory of the world that is there. There's so much joy to be had. There's so much hope to be had. Only if we have the eyes to see it. Way back at the very beginning of the Bible's story, do you recall, think back with me if you know the story of the Bible, the very first thing that God made. The very first thing that God made. Let me read the opening verses of Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the heavens, or face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. Let there be light. It's the very first thing that God makes. The very first thing he does in creation is to bring light out of the darkness. And the very first thing we did was to plunge ourselves into blindness and make the world dark for us again. But in Christ, 
of the good news of Christ. The light of God is reborn in our hearts. That's the message of Christmas and the hope of the gospel. It's the hope of the whole world. The Apostle Paul says this, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So have you seen the shining face of Jesus? He is the lamp of God's glory. He is the true light that shines in this dark world. He is the one that gives hope and meaning and joy to everything that he has made. So let me encourage you to stop torching up the things of this world, trying to use them as lamps. You will never find light and joy and peace that way. One more thing we see from this passage, if God is the light that lights up our path, then he also is the life that enables us to walk the path. His life is our healing. Because what good does it do us to know the path, to even see the path, if we don't have the capacity to walk the path? In John 21, verse one, 22, verse 1, John sees a vision of the river of life, the river of the water of life, flowing clear as crystal from the throne of God. And on either side of the river is the tree of life. This is a return back to Eden. So many themes that began at the very beginning, the first chapters of the Bible are showing up here again in the last chapter of the Bible. Do you recall the description of Eden way back in Genesis chapter 2? Eden, if you recall, was a garden temple. It was a sanctuary. And out of Eden flowed a river that spread to the four corners of the world, went to the whole world. And in the garden there by the river of Eden was the tree of life. If you've been following along in our sermon series for the past two years, you know that we have not seen the tree of life since the early days of Eden. The tree of life makes a few metaphorical appearances in four verses in Proverbs, but Between Genesis and Revelation, the tree of life doesn't make an appearance until right here. We've had no access to the tree of life. We've had no access to the river of life. But here they are again. Then look what John says in verse 22 too. The leaves of the tree of life are for the healing of the nations. All the hurt and the pain and the suffering and the sorrow that sin and death has caused the world and you and I is healed by the tree of life that draws its nourishment from the river of life. No longer will there be anything accursed. No longer will be anything to stand between God and God's people. We will see him as he is. And in seeing him, we will be healed and able to walk in his light. Maybe that resonates with your experience this evening. You know that there is a path. You believe there's a path. You maybe have even caught glimpses of the path. You've seen the path, but you haven't been able to walk the path. You keep struggling forward in your own strength only to fall down. 
And you've fallen down so many times trying to walk in your own strength that you've just decided to lay down, just to stay down. Or perhaps you've tried to strengthen yourself by drinking from the rivers of the world and feasting on the world's fruit. But it's like eating a bag of potato chips. You feel full, but you're not fulfilled. It's what it's like eating from the things of this world for nourishment. There's no life in the nourishment of this world. But don't despair. Don't despair. Again, that's the message of Christmas and the hope of the world. In John 4, John records Jesus' encounter with the woman at the well. He tells her that he can, Jesus tells her that he can give her living water and that whoever drinks from the water that he gives will never thirst again. And he says, the water that I will give will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And Jesus himself is the river of life. Just like he's the tree of life and the bread of life and the breath of life and the lamp of God's light. He himself is the healing of the nations. He himself is our healing. And as we feed on him and drink of him, he is able to walk, make us walk in his light. Perhaps not all at once. Perhaps not perfectly without some stumbles. But truly and over time. And in the places where we fail and fall down, as we all fail and fall down, he offers his free forgiveness to sustain us. Listen to what John also says in 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1 verse 5, John says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. And if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all of our sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We can confess our sins to God. And he will forgive us of everything that we've ever done and everything that we ever will do. And he will cleanse the darkness that is inside of our hearts. He will become a river of life, a tree of life that fills up your soul and empowers you to walk in his ways. I'm going to close out tonight's service as we do each year by singing together of the light and the life of Christ. I'm going to invite the ushers who will be helping me with the lighting of the candle to make their way forward. There's a certain poetic beauty to the way that we do this each year. The light that is passed from the stage out then in through the sanctuary comes from the Christ candle. Just as the light of the Christ candle passes through the darkness of the sanctuary, so too the light of Christ passes through the darkness of the world. And as you receive the light from the Christ candle this evening, let it be a moment for you to receive afresh the light of Christ in the dark places of your heart, in the dark places of your world. And be reminded that God has given you his light so that we can walk 
faithfully in his ways of love. Father, thank you for giving us Christ. Thank you that he makes all things new and that he is the healing of the nations. Lord, we so often walk in darkness when we do not need to, trapped by our sin, by our weakness, by our frailty, by our fears and by our doubts. Lord, for any here this evening that feel the weight of sin and darkness and doubt on their heart, maybe it's circumstances, maybe it's circumstances external, external to themselves, or perhaps it's circumstances that are internal to themselves, or whatever the case might be, may, the, may you reveal afresh by your spirit the light and hope of Jesus this evening. Help us, Lord, to trust in the light of Christ. It's in his name we pray.